Hey everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled. I'm Peter, that is Connor, and we are going to talk about Too Old to Die Young, uh, Volume 2, The Lovers. So, full spoilers for the episode, as always. You really struggled to get that title out there, didn't you? I'm just not used to saying volume and... You know, I'm used to saying season something, episode something. Oh, just... I get it, I get it. But you, you really looked uncomfortable. <laughs> I was uncomfortable. I was... I was <laughs> And complete discomfort the entire time. Well, blame Reffin. I am blaming Reffin. Which, by the way, we never talked about his his uh, production company last episode because both episodes have started so far with by hashtag or hashtag by NWR. <laughs> yeah, which I thought was really funny. That that's his. His uh, his hip. <laughs> oh sure, yeah. He's a hip individual. So this episode, we have none of Martin, we have none of Ellie, we have nothing but Mexico. We we take Jesus, uh, who we met last episode, he was the one who killed Larry, and we focus on him and his family and get kind of the, basically the other side of it. And I remember thinking that this may be what this episode is when I saw the thumbnail, you know, when I, when I you know, when I was glancing at episodes after I watched the first one, I was like, huh, I wonder if that's all set in Mexico, if it's all just like the, mm. that side of it. And it, it turned out it was um and we we, we get learn more about the dawn uh we learn more about uh his actual son miguel we we learn about uh Yuritsa, who's this adoptive daughter that's kind of kind of yeah. the family um and uh, magdalena we find out she was uh she's the dawn so i mean we knew that from last episode she's the dawn sister but we get a bit more about what his relationship was to her that he seemed to love her more than his wife more than his wife, yes, a great deal. They're, they're taking her birthday, uh, you know, very seriously. His sister, they're taking her yeah. his birthday. And this, of course, was a uh, Jesus's mother, who some of the, the locals, particularly in the police force, are called referring to him as the American Prince, uh, and he's trying his best to keep up with the Spanish. Um, I had sub- I had subtitles though, so I was I was okay. <laughs> oh, thank God for subtitles, right? Yes. <laughs> that said, I mean, I feel like. Th- most things I watch that are foreign and have subtitles, I feel like I'm constantly reading subtitles. Refn is so slow and moody with his scenes that, like, the subtitles are so far apart in some scenes that, that there's literally sections of it. You've got time to read the subtitles and then just watch their faces for three or four seconds. Yes, yeah. So yeah. Sometimes a lot longer than three or four seconds. Yeah, yeah, but at, at bare minimum. Yeah. Um, you know, if you want to make a sandwich in between lines of dialogue, you've got you've got a chance to. <laughs> and I'm joking here. I'm not, I'm not making fun of it. Like I actually really like reference pacing, but it's, it's just you you do. It's just funny c- compared to other 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 subtitled work that I've watched. But anyway, so yeah, I mean, I think the the, the crux of this is it's kind of the the out with the old, in with the new. It's kind of the end of the dawn, and we get the sense that Miguel's his son is doesn't want to keep this this sort of peace treaty that they've got with the cops. Like he, no, he's a lot more aggressive. Yeah, Don likes, you know, understands time of peace. And don't get me wrong, we get a lot of his character where he's clearly really... You know, there's a scene where the, the, the captain, Captain Cortez, shakes his hand and he's all friendly to him, but as soon as he walks away, he's like, oh, filthy peasant doesn't even wash his hands. And he starts wiping his hand. Like it, yeah, yeah. You know, so he keeps peace, but he's definitely very... Uh, what's, the, what's the word? Opinionated. Uh, yeah, sure. Opinionated uh, behind the scenes, because uh, we get—I mean, probably the scene that stood out to, the most to me is that he makes his son go to the, go to Captain Cortez to drop off the, the 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 weekly delivery or the the monthly delivery of of hush money, essentially, and yeah. he says, "Oh, take take your take your cousin, take take Jesus with you," 
and we get this scene and this one stood out to me the, the most for two reasons one it laid out a lot of um how the system uh, in this town works with the, the the cartel and the police uh, but also the way it's shot and specifically the fact that behind the captain's head the entire time is a mexican flag which was very reminiscent of the american flag that was behind martin's head for like a whole scene yeah. last episode uh, and it stays on him the whole time even even though uh miguel's talking to him the whole time the only time it actually the camera moves anywhere is when he eventually addresses jesus and the camera just slowly pans all the way across very the very slowly because because it's certain points in the conversation where he you know because they're, they're, they're having a football game a soccer game uh like in the next couple of days and it's something they do it's, it's the cartel versus the play, a friendly soccer game between the cartel yeah, the, the, and the police this, there's a lot of talk about pele in this episode yeah and the only reason the only reason i know who pele is i know i know what story you're gonna tell you go on is because a few years ago at the ea conference e3 they brought out pele to talk about football for what felt like an hour and it was painful and i was like who is this idiot i don't want to hear this football or talk about football i, don't, I want no part of this in, in context of that show yeah i agree that said, I I was familiar with him as one of the greatest footballers. I never never heard of him. <laughs> never heard of him. Savage. Yeah, he's talking about Pelly a lot. Uh, if I, he repeats himself, that's why the, the things that happens is that he actually tells yeah. the same story again. Uh, I mean, if it hadn't got to where it did in that scene, uh, I'd have thought, okay, are they setting up like a dementia thing? Mm. Um, but by the end of it, it didn't really matter. Oh yeah, by the end of it, he was dead, yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of talking this about respect. There's a lot of awkward silence waiting. You know, because Miguel doesn't accept that he's dead at first, and kind of no, everyone will wait for you. Wake up, and Jesus checks his pulse. He's like, no, nah, he ain't sleeping. Yeah, yeah, he he ain't sleeping. Um. So you have much like Martin falling in with the criminals in his side, even even though clearly Jesus was. I mean, he already shot a cop in the you know the back, uh, or even the back is in the face. He made him turn around first. Um. Yeah. He he's definitely going more into this this criminal underworld, and the fact that Miguel's even turning it to more because obviously the end of the episode is Miguel now that he's in power, he's like, no, we're going to go and shoot all the police. We have a scene of we're just executing the the police, and the final shot even is uh is Jesus pointing the gun at the captain. Uh, and it cuts away before we see it see it happen, but you know it's very clear. It it does feel like up until the events with his mother being killed, he led a somewhat normal life, or at least not criminal. Uh, to a nowhere near this extent, certainly. Not to this, yeah, it wasn't like high up in the cartel, seemingly. But yeah, I mean, if SA was completely just normal and innocent before that, I wonder if like he was all like there was always like maybe maybe that's why uh, Madeline moved to to LA. Maybe she wanted him away from that lifestyle, and maybe there was always a temptation by the rest of the family to like you know come and join us and be part of your heritage, mm. blah blah blah. And I wonder if, like, her death, which may have not been the target, you know, that may not have been the goal of the cops when they were doing whatever they were doing, uh, but that it death is, like it was, no. yeah, is, is what's inspired him to sort of fall yeah. in with his family. And it's kind of given us this parallel journey between him and Martin. Yeah, to the point where, I, I, I mean, this may just be the first two episodes being completely, you know, one was all one, one's all the other, just for the set, setting them up. But it wouldn't also surprise me if we do actually get more episodes like this where it's just his side of it. Yeah, it almost feels like a, a co-lead after this episode. Yeah, it does, uh, and I think because like, everyone knows who, who um, you know, what his Miles Teller is. Like, we yeah, always... the marketing was all yeah. like, "Hey, it's Miles Teller." 
but after watching this episode it does feel equal now maybe that won't feel maybe this is just like a a special thing to really set them up and then we'll mainly focus on the others going forward but uh, i can see it being pretty whether it's 50 50 because it's cutting back and forth each episode or if it's because they'll literally swap episodes uh we'll see but i mean obviously they'll eventually intertwine because yeah i will i will say i mildly prefer i i would hope that they they intercut because I want more neon lighting. <laughs> There's not enough of that in Mexico. Yes, it's all bright daylight. <laughs> Joe, you know, that was one of my favorite things about you when they went to the police. Mm. You go in there and it's so dark and dingy in their police station and, and there's nothing. And you, your eyes adjust over because it's a relatively lengthy scene. Your eyes adjust and you get used to it. And then as they're leaving, you know, they open the door and all this daylight floods in and the light in the room is suddenly looks normal I, I think you can analyze that a little bit you can almost argue that they're hiding from the sunlight and, and to an extent they literally are because the sun's so hot and unforgiving but just the idea of hiding from the light that they're that this not, not, i mean obviously the police are cropped in both stories here because you know larry and, and martin are clearly into some shady shit yeah. um but the idea that here is it's just like yeah like they literally have cartel coming in dropping off payoffs at the station and then they're betting on the the football game and they're like, hey, you know, we'll up the money. We'll th- we'll throw in some whores. Yeah, that's one of the things that they do. They have prostitutes. You know, he's saying, oh, we'll throw in three whores. They may be fat, though. And there's a joke where, like, one of the cops off camera is like, oh, I like them fat. Um, you know, and again, so what I was saying last episode, the, the themes of the, the show, once again here, we have their treatment of women, the money, and the, the violence and crime. Like, we have all these themes, again, playing out heavily in this episode. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh... It- because that was one of the things I noted was when the camera did eventually pan back in that scene over to over to Hayes just on the couch, who's just kind of sitting very casually. Um, you finally see the cop that made that joke. Now you probably saw him at the start of the shot before they sat down and started but talking. You didn't pay attention yeah. to him because your eyes weren't focused on him at all. But it wasn't until I went back the way that I went. Oh, that's the guy that said that because uh, I'd never yeah. seen him to that point. So really neat. Uh, and you know, I mean, I, I bonded a little with Hayes. Just I, I empathize him with a little bit in this episode actually because. Uh, he says, you know, he can say, oh, are you playing the game tomorrow? And he's like, I don't play football. And I'm like, I get him. <laughs> I, love, I love how the, the, the police captain's like, you sure it's part of your family? Don't, don't play football? <laughs> that doesn't sound right. <laughs> and, um, and obviously, yeah, Miguel's like, no, I'm not sure he is. But, you know, you know dad says he is, so he must be. But it is, is part of that, you know, the, the out, very much he's the outsider here. Yeah, he's the outsider. K- kind of like how Martin's a cop in the criminal world and another yeah. story but he seems to be getting a taste for it and here uh jesus seems to kind of be as well like even though he has like words with with uh with miguel over the course of the episode he does he does you know he, he goes to the clubs with them they're with the prostitutes together at the end he does like execute cops with them he kind of like makes his allegiance you know felt you know it's like no yeah, he's, he's with him by the end he's, uh, he's part of the family still yeah um because the dad's all about, you know, the Don's all about tradition. You know, he he wants to sit and like talk to the painting of his dead sister on her birthday, and he gets really upset when Miguel comes in to interrupt him to tell him that the satellite dish is okay. And he's like, "We're talking to your aunt. Piss off." <laughs> yes, that's essentially it. Um, so you get a good sense of his character. I, I think I want to commend again with the Don is even though maybe it was more predictable that he was going to be dead soon. Although I could have easily seen him been around the whole time. It it was one of those things because they tease early on. You know, um, Miguel's right hand man is like, "Hey." Don't not going to be around much longer. Yeah, you know, yeah. You're, you're, you're prime power, but that could have been an you know an end of the story thing. Yeah, that that could have been five episodes. That could have been ten episodes. But much like some of the characters in the first episode, it's like no, they they made us like get to know him enough that he felt like a main character before he died. 
Oh, definitely, yeah. And I think that's impressive. And I, I think especially in these first two episodes, because they were the two first episodes of each side of the story, they can really get away with that because we don't know who's going to be sticking around. You know, um, yeah. it's like Jesse on the hit television show, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> Except that had one giveaway in that show. Yeah, it did. But let's let's stop demeaning this show. He wasn't in the opening credits. <laughs> he wasn't. How dare you? He wasn't in the opening credits because they couldn't afford to do two versions of the opening titles, so they could trick everyone. Because we yes, didn't want to. <laughs> yes, we know. Hey, I'll finish my point. I wanted to make my point. Uh huh. I said, talk about something of lesser quality. Completely uncalled for. Danny Strong. That's Jonathan's real name. We're talking about this in the TV news. It just oh. came out of my head. <laughs> Danny Strong is Jonathan's real name. He's now a producer. <laughs> if anyone watched the TV news that went up uh, yesterday at the time this goes up and I couldn't think of his name, I just thought of it. I didn't see any comments telling me that was just me getting it. <laughs> I was so confused for a second. I was like, what? Okay, um... So, yeah, so that's very much the, the, the course of the episode. And, and, you know, it's, it's 97 minutes long, this episode, but so much of it's very slowly setting up the mood and the status quo and then the, the potential change in status quo. And then with the death of the Dawn, what the actual status quo change now is right at the very end of the episode. And, you know, it's this idea of peace and, like, seeing them play the game together and he's on the balcony, he's like, this, this is what peace looks like, this is what peace sounds like. Um, he's all about peace. Whereas Miguel's like up and coming hotshot who wants to be, you know, wants to prove himself. The Don's yeah. done all this in his youth. He's talked about, you know, that he had his his act of rebellion in, you know, I mean, obviously there was others, but you know, the the story he keeps telling, sneaking into the the, the football stadium to watch Pele, right? That was a, an act of rebellion, and Miguel has clearly never had that. He's kind of just been part of the status quo his whole life. He's been part of, you know, the the family in charge and he's been groomed for that work but now but he wants to be able to to do his own thing yeah and it makes him very dangerous because he is oh, just absolutely. he's just because at least jesus while he's being swerved does feel like he's a bit more conscientious of like what his decisions are um even if he is falling down this rabbit hole like yeah he feels, more... feels a little more unhinged doesn't he? yeah yeah he feels more unhinged um yeah gato's the uh, the right hand man that's that was all you know he's not gonna be the done forever you know i'm your guy like let my allegiance be known who, who is you know he's very disrespectful to the don you know you know mm. in the dinner scene you know he's he's right right he's asleep let's let's drink let's eat um but you know uh, miguel's having none of it yeah yeah um so we're gonna talk about uh, uh, Yuritsa, Yuritsa, sorry, because uh, she she's an interesting character. She kind of sticks out uh, right from the start of the episode. You know, she gets she she walks out in front of the field, and all the guys kind of stare at her a little bit. And it, mm. you know, I think your initial initial thought is, oh, this is this is the Don's daughter, right? And this is why she has that this kind of respect, even though every other woman that we see in this episode is is a prostitute and is is, yeah. is owned by the cartel. Um. And then we we hear later on that she's not quite that 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 she was more found and adopted and she's kind of yeah it's kind of been brought into this power. Uh, there's like there's a couple yeah. of really notable scenes where uh, like she's sort of like nursing uh, the dawn and it's almost very suggestive. Like what was their relationship before this? Like was it sexual? Was it something? Uh, uh, yeah, he uh, the dawn mentions how you know she reminds him of her, she reminds him of, her, of her, his sister. Which adds all, all sorts of dimensions to it what does, I just yeah. said. Yeah, I think also wasn't she's the only one who visibly you know 
has any sort of mourning reaction uh, after his death. You know, the others all walk off the fight and they're angry, mm. uh, in denial. Whereas <clears throat> she actually, you know, she cries a little bit. It makes me think if we're comparing him more to uh, Martin than anyone else, you know, the idea that this is the end of what Martin's journey might be with the much younger woman kind of thing. Um, okay. G- g- given um, uh, Janie. Uh, it's only been two episodes, I've not remembered. It, the fact that it's all different characters this episode is not helping me. <laughs> no, no, because there was no chance to remember, like, have a refresher, was there? Yeah, there wasn't, no. Uh, but she, like, I was I was kind of thinking about that, and I was thinking, like, is this kind of... I mean, obviously, like... By the, by the time Martin's this age, like, Janie will also be relatively old. She won't be, like, as old, but she'll be, you know... Whereas this is obviously a much bigger gap, but... She'll be of an age where you won't question it that much. Oh, yeah, like, you know, I, I've met, like... I had a friend in school whose parents were 16 years apart from each other, which is longer than this gap. It's just, obviously, they were both adults when they... Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, Which, I mean, don't know, I think 16's a bit extreme <laughs> for most people's standards, but... It's one of those things where, like, you know, 20 to 36 feels like a huge jump, whereas... 30 to know... 46, maybe not as much. Yeah, and then even more when you go on, like, you know, like, 60 to 76. It's like, eh. <laughs> no, But, you know, hypothetically, you know, like, as I, it goes on, it becomes less of a I think a, at that, I think at that point, the 60-year-old's like, oh, they're going to die soon. I'm, that inheritance, I'm taking that, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some retirement years left in me. That 76-year-old, though, they're, they're, they're close to the end. Probably. We're rubbing their fingers together. Um but no, so she's an interesting character, and it's funny because last episode I was saying how I was hoping there was going to be a strong female character who was introduced, and I still think we may get that with Jenna Malone, but not got her yet because clearly, or at least I assume she'll be on the LA side of the story. Uh, Stands to reason at this point. Yeah, um, but Yuritsa, or sorry, Yuritsa, I keep I keep putting an I at the end instead of an A. Uh, Yuritsa very much uh, kind of turns out to have uh, this hidden agenda where. She's dropping off a prostitute to some other cartel or other gang or, or whatever, and she ends up killing them. She pulls out a gun and kills them and, like, kind of frees the, the prostitute. And she never really answers why she's helping her, really, right? Like, I don't remember her answering. No, I don't think so. Um, but, you know, she pulls out a gun and she's kind of, like, standing there. And it's a, it's a great shot, actually. There's a great shot where she's standing in front of the car with the headlights and the light's just overblowing and blinding kind of thing so it's almost like giving her a silhouette but it's actually overpowering her body so you're only getting like a sense of maybe like some of her legs and maybe some of her like her head and that like it's kind of yeah. just blinding out the middle part of her body and it really feels like she's going against the the grain she's you know she, she's fighting from within against an impossible enemy but she's she's doing it there is and there's a scene where she visits like a it's like a memorial mm. uh, you know, the, the big red rock and um and she says, uh, well, "You know, I am the uh, the high priestess of death." I think it was. Yeah, she, 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 she. By the end of the episode, I was like, she's the maybe the most fascinating character on this side of the plot. It's, it's interesting because obviously, all all throughout early on, the, the they're talking about the vigilante, right? And you know, there's a there's an assumption that they're just talking about mine. Um. Yeah, maybe. Although I got the impression that that it was in Mexico that we're talking about, rather than um, maybe. Maybe you're right. So, so it wouldn't it, be Mark. It, like it felt like it could be. It could have been like a lot of it felt like. But you know, yeah. there was more going on. I wonder if it is. It's her. Yeah, she, she's she's uh, yeah, the angel of death. That's a superhero name. She's a vigilante <laughs> taken out. Yeah, um, they keep using that word early on. Yeah, I, I wonder. Like you know, we get this idea of revenge. This idea of like, 
you know, like where she was left and stranded, like was that the result of the cartel? Is is this all one big, like, you know, ple- so it's been the long game. <laughs> yeah, it's the yeah the long game or get you know get trusted enough to get close so she can she yeah. can strike she I can do, act. I, I do suspect revenge is part of it because that seems to be the one of the key themes here. You know that that cycle of revenge, you know, and and how. You know, so, La- you know, uh, Larry killed you know, Magdalena and then Jesus killed him and now my, uh, Martin's in. You know, it, it seems to be spiralling. I think it's going to keep spiralling. I, I think, you know, it may just end with everyone being dead because of the cycle of revenge, but I do wonder if there's a character who maybe chooses not to take revenge and they'll be the one real survivor at the end. Like, if that's maybe where we go with this. I mean, we've got eight episodes, so, I mean, so much could happen that'll change, you know, what we're speculating on. Yeah. But Eight relatively long episodes as well. <laughs> Well, seven relatively seven. long episodes and then one really short episode. Yeah. Seven relatively long episodes and an epilogue. Because <laughs> I will be shocked if that's not what that is when we get there. Who knows? Maybe it'll be the most quickly cut, action-packed episode of the whole bunch. Maybe, well, maybe, you know, never know. Episode nine will just set up this big shootout and then it'll just be like half an hour of shooting. <laughs> it'll be like just this action That's the hell out of that. <laughs> oh maybe maybe um i think what's funny is is that i feel like we've talked most about what we want to talk about with this episode because mm. it is it's funny because it's 97 minutes long but it's so straightforward, straightforward. yeah, yeah. And compared to the last one where we're, we're jumping around a lot there's a lot of things being introduced this one was actually no no, no. here's one set of characters we'll follow it very neatly um the amount of scenes is probably only just in the double digits. I think it's maybe, yeah. Honestly, for ninety-seven minutes, this has very few scenes. You know, for the for its runtime. I think one of your points that what you'd make about uh, the Don watching this this football game of the of the you know the cartel versus the 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 the, the police um, is that. I almost wonder if part. I mean, obviously he likes the sport anyway, but like I'm wondering if like symbolically this is like. No, this reminds him of his first act of rebellion, but it's also representing the peace that he's built because of his power. Because so much of what this show about, again, that's the other main theme is power, right? It's this idea of getting power and feeling that you control yeah. everything around uh, you. I'm also, uh, I'm, I'm thinking of, you know, the, uh, the, the, the story of Christmas Day, you know, World War, whatever it was, uh, whichever one it was. If, uh, well, it was World War One because it was the trenches. Okay, sure. Uh, you know, with, with the Germans and English play, playing football, right, as a, as a temporary truce. Mm. And the football here, it kind of feels like no, this is a temporary truce. Yeah. Um, you know, and as soon as soon as uh, you know the dons are play, it's back to war. Yeah, I mean, you can maybe even look at it as that the dons actually quite, despite the fact that he's still quite an unsavory character, that he's actually a little bit wise in the sense that he's went through this cycle of violence before and has kind of came out thinking it's it's best to avoid it at all costs. So he's done his best I, to keep. I the think peace. he absolutely does that because they keep talking about how he's he says how you know. We make more money, make more money in peacetime. It's easier. Mm. Uh, yes, they're paying off the police; they're losing a cut, but overall, their profits are up. Yeah, presumably they've got much more traffic going back and forth because they're not hiding it. <laughs> exactly. So, so, they're, so they're not. Uh... They're not losing people to a war constantly. Yeah. Um... Yeah. No, it's, it's 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 an interesting exploration of this family and just. Is what's nice about it is that it sets up uh, Yuritsa as an interesting character, which I'm I'm really excited to see more of her story and what she's up to, and her kind of eventually going against certain other characters. Um, I mean, does she eventually like 
unite with another like say quote unquote good character from LA eventually when things cross over. I don't assuming know. Assuming there is one. Assuming there is one. Um, I'm not really. Count- I mean, unless Janie becomes more of a fighter because she has to be, but I, I don't really see any other characters being. That's the good character. That's the one that we can root for. Maybe Jenna Malone's going to be that character. Maybe, yeah. Um, which is funny because typically Jenna Malone, I expect to play the 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 conniving little witch yeah. of a character because that's who she kind of usually is. Be a nice subversion, though, wouldn't it? It would be if she's the, the noble one, or not even noble, but just fighting yeah. for a just cause. I guess maybe the the, the better mm. way of putting it. Um, but no, obviously the show still looks gorgeous. Although I was missing the 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 neon nightlife sort of bit, street yeah. lights and all that. But cinematography is still incredible. Oh, I, again, like it. It'll stay in a shot. I mean, the other shot that I should mention about the camera going—it wasn't uh, panning; it was tracking. But in the club, it was going past all the tables, and then it got to the table. This was after the Don died, and it was—it was the three characters we, we we really knew. It was uh, um, yeah, Ritsa, uh, Miguel, and Jesus, and they're sitting at the table. And eventually, uh, Jesus gets up, and the camera starts, you know, tracking back the way. And it's again—it's just this long shot there, and then a long shot back. That's one big continuous take. Uh, really really good what one of my favorite shots in cinematography is uh the there's a like a jeep going down a road Mm. and you were in front of it watching it coming towards us and it at one point it just turns and goes off the road and goes you know across the desert and the camera doesn't turn it doesn't cut away it doesn't you know turn to look we just stay on you know the the back of the vehicle we're on and just keep just looking at the empty road and the you know the dust that it's caused and a lot longer than you ever usually would yeah i can off the beaten path i I'm going. To, I don't remember that sh- where that shot took place, but I'm going to make a guess and say it was when. I think it was it might be when they were going to the police station. Was it the police station or was it Yuritsa at the end? Because I feel like thematically oh, it might make more sense with Yuritsa because if she she's going off the, the 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 track, if you will. See in my in my in my memory, it's earlier in the episode than that. But that's I for now. It probably wrong. is. I'm I'm just thinking thematically it would make sense there for me. But yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. Um. Yeah. Just a, a side update on the uh, you know the sound thing I was talking about last episode. Sure. I was paying attention to when it occurred, and you know how I said it was interiors. Um, it was very specific in this episode. It was the interior of the Don's house, and only the interior of the Don's house in this episode. Interesting. Um, yeah. So that so inside there had this uh, like you know that that dreamlike quality, even more so than normal, where with because of the sound. Where, but when we were inside the police station, for example, uh, that there was uh, there was room noise, there was you know background sound. It was felt normal. It felt like uh, you were out in the grimy world. Yeah, whereas inside the mansion, that's a mansion. Oh, it it felt that was a mansion. Separate it was yeah. yeah. I would say a mansion. Um, actually, yeah, I, I think maybe what I'd read into that then, with you pointing that out, is the idea that the the vacuum essentially is a symbol of the power and the idea that there's no distractions because you've just achieved what you want whereas when they go to the police station it's like all these little distractions and the mm-hmm. the the imperfection of of I, you know i would love to have paid attention i obviously it's, it's only just occurred to me now i wonder if at the end after the don's death if if it stays the same you know if anything in the in the mansion after that has room noise if it hasn't got that complete i don't, I don't know if there was really any scenes in the mansion after the. i don't know if there was that's what i'm thinking but if it, it that, that would have been something oh the one no there was the, the funeral was there that was, you know the cortez came in and tried yeah, to talk I'd to him to and rewatch that. it because if if there's no if there if it's back to kind of regular sound there 
then it would be very much you know this was the the don's world right it was the separate piece. from everything else but now that you know now that they're back on war it's all kind of open territory now assuming that it stays though that way i i would suggest that when they're in their fortress and they feel at peace there's there's, there's no background noise it's completely perfect essentially yeah but when they leave that 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 fortress when they go to you know the grimy as as you know as the don said earlier on like the peasant you know can't even wash his hands like that's when the dirtier audio comes in yeah kind of i'm gonna thing. have to be paying attention to to this now <laughs> yeah because it wasn't every episode in the last one either so i'm wondering if it's specifically when someone's in a place where they feel powerful but when they're out of their comfort zone yeah that could be uh, maybe that's where where it comes in a little bit more i don't know it's interesting uh but that is episode two of of to die young uh, we'll be back with episode three day after tomorrow uh at least that's the plan so let us know what you thought of this one in the comments below like and subscribe all that stuff get us on the twitters at mailed underscore fudge for channel updates if you want to show your support uh, obviously you can do it that way i just said you can rate us on your podcast app your itunes wherever else give us five stars it spreads the show to more people but of course you can do it even more so financially if you go over to patreon.com slash mailed fuzz tv where you can support us for as little as one dollar per month get some bonuses exclusive some early stuff and then get us closer to some goals that unlocks more content for everyone so go and have a have a look at that uh, in terms of just telling you what else is going on i mean i'm sure it's probably similar to what i said in the last one but just to reiterate um we're working through uh, handmaid's tale weekly right now season three of that's on uh coming this friday is the return of dark uh, season two from netflix we're working on that uh right now me and tara are doing big little lies on a weekly basis so there's a lot of big tv content going on right now uh so so go check it out and obviously we mentioned twin peaks a lot last episode yeah we reviewed all of twin peaks uh in 2017 from start to finish so go check out that too uh but that's us so thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep watching tv guys have you got any vanilla <laughs>